with Bitcoin, once you get in it, it's like, what's that Aladdin song where they're on the carpet? A whole new, a whole world. new world. Yeah, I'm scared to sing it because of being sued. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now, I mean, even just the advancement of technology, it took you that long. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey, guys. How are you? Welcome. Episode 9 of the Bitcoin Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Marcello. And I'm host number 2, D. And Corey. And uh, this week we're going to talk about the remittance market. Wait, can we rewind that? Hey, Captain Enthusiasm down there in Missouri. <laughs> can you run that back again? Can you... Can you... <laughs> Act like how you want to. How professional would you like me to be? This is host number three, Corey Petty, coming at you live. Cool, about like, and Corey, fucking here. <laughs> I'm fucking here to talk shit. Okay. All right. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> We're going to talk about something huge today. The remittance market. The projected $1 trillion market. Let's talk about it. Where should we start? Should I hit people with facts or they're... If you if you're unfamiliar with it, well, what is remittance? Let's just start with that. What is remittance? Let me try and give my definition of remittance. Uh, it is when I am from another country and I work in a country that is different from the country where I'm from, but I have ties in my homeland, so I wish to send money back to the people that I love. And how do you do that? Well, currently, I do it through Western Union because everybody knows the best way to send money to the East is through the Western Union if you work in the West. But now this new thing is I keep hearing this new thing. It's like it starts with a B and rhymes with uh, Tenderloin. It's called Bitcoin. It's a weird rhyme scheme I picked there. (laughs) But. I hear this Bitcoin thing is cheaper and faster and more secure and not as leachy. So that's nice. my definition of remittance. What's yours, Cello? Um, I share that definition. However, we live in a great time because you need, I think you mentioned it in this, you need a smartphone. Yep. And 80% of people on the world, believe it or not, even with all the poverty, Four out of five people have access to a smartphone. Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. It, guess what? Only 60% of people have working toilets. That's how crazy it is. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. So there's more of a probability of there being just stagnant doo-doo somewhere in a, <laughs> in a city than yeah. people walking around with smartphones. So people are walking around taking doo-doos in the streets, but while they're taking their doo-doo, they're on an Android phone. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. and those Android phones have access to internet. 
So uh, today's guest is from India, and India is actually the largest market. With, uh, I think it's 70 billion, um, followed by China at 64 billion. So remittances come from cash transfers back home by more than 250 million people living outside of their countries of origin. So that's pretty awesome, too. Corey, do you remit? I don't send any money because it's difficult to anybody. I only do only only money that I send overseas is to myself, and I use Bitcoin to do it now. So you admit back the difficulty involved of transferring money from Brazil to the United States is stupid, and I just use Bitcoin. I'll put it in my bank account, or I'll send one of my family members Bitcoin, and they can get it out themselves. That's I had a actually I had a case study if you will i had an example in my classroom i had a student uh she was a foreigner canadian hey <laughs> and she uses western union and she was in my class stressed out because she was supposed to be getting money and i, I think western union is kind of advanced she could get sent money like instantaneously I guess but it just so happened to be like a banking holiday or something random and I was like oh yeah these Bitcoin, Bitcoin's a thing and she's like oh I heard about that can you just send money whenever and I was like yeah whenever you want it's 24 7 it's a network girl that's how it goes down and she was and yes that's how I talk to my students it's that, <laughs> no doubt. it's that professional and I know you know I talk to them like that yeah, girl. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, girl. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, um, she thought Bitcoin was amazing. And I was like, it's less than 1% fee. And she was like, really? Western Union charges us 5 And I was like, yeah, well, that's 4% more money in your pocket. She's like, whoa. The current fee is zero point zero 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 one Bitcoin. That's how low it is. How much is that in dollars? Take that decimal, move it. That's two pennies, three pennies. Three pennies for a ten-minute transfer. Yep. Of whatever amount you want. That's whatever not percentage on which you send. That's that right. So? I didn't know that. So let's bring it back to remittance, and we're gonna throw it back to my original example. Let's say I work in London. I work in London town. Is that a place? We lost all of our <laughs> London listeners. We just lost <laughs> there all of them. And I want to send money to India. Are we gonna, are we gonna alienate them too? No, I don't alienate. I include everyone. I include everyone. And I want to send a hundred bucks. The first thing I'm doing, I'm gonna send hundred bucks through Western Union. Oh wait, Western Union happens to charge. A 10% fee to the specific place I want to send it to in India. And so now I've only sent 90 bucks. Oh, and then there might or there may or may not be crime in that specific tiny place in India. And, oh, you got to bribe somebody. So now I've only ended up sending $70 out of my 100. But. And on top of that, you got to get there, which may be difficult in terms of transportation in these small towns. Yep. And it has to be open, which who knows what their hours are. And you gotta wait in line, you gotta do all that nonsense. So 
let's just say that there's an opportunity for a 10 to 25% chunk of your money that you send overseas remittance wise to your loved ones that they don't get to see it disappears into vapor into the ether it's gone you've paid somebody to to give somebody money your money now scenario 2 scenario B you send them $100 worth of Bitcoin and it gets there in 10 minutes. You pay three cents. Boom. Done. The future is now. Yeah. I dropped the mic. I, I can't drop the mic, but I would have. an expensive and, mic. All right, okay, so people's questions usually happens with, all right, I have Bitcoin. What do I do now? Send it. Um, so I'm saying, like, the, you know, you send, you send your Bitcoin to your family. They're like, all right, sweet. I got a number on my phone. How do I get it into cash? Like, how do I get into something where I can spend it? Because currently, and depending on where you live, it's difficult to spend this Bitcoin. It may hold its value, but say you want a cup of coffee, or you want to buy, you know, some thread to sew something up, or I don't know what the hell, whatever you want to buy, wherever you are. Yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you make it usable? That's the tough part. Well, That's the cur- toughest part right now. Yeah. That's why we need you guys. We need everybody out there to create the demand for the currency. So people start accepting it. Oh, what if I'm not like, sending the same currency to somebody? Say what? What if I'm not sending the same currency to someone else? Like, what if they're living in another country and I'm sending them money? What if I? How send does that work? In of, what, if, what if I send you a bunch of hiis? Russian you know? francs. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Uh, <laughs> you go to an exchange office and they Russia. give you an exchange rate, which is usually worse than. Before we get cast out for legitimacy, there, Cello. Russia uses rubles, and francs is used in uh, what Sweden? Okay. <laughs> some other money. Some, other, some yeah, other money. So, Corey, what you're saying? There needs to be a marketplace in the region. Yeah, there's a market. There ha- exactly. There has to be a marketplace where you go and it's like, all right, well, you have that much. Well, my current, I'll, I'll give you this much for that much, and this is a you know. A negotiable, not negotiable, but it's a, they get that number from a, from a source. And so you trade it, and there you go. So there you, you go. do the exact same thing in Bitcoin. That's exactly what's happening, is that you find someone who has money, who wants Bitcoin, and you say, all right, I got some Bitcoin. You got the money that I want? And they go, yeah. And then you you, did, you negotiate a, uh, a selling price, and you do that. And there's, as time has gone on, since Bitcoin is becoming more and more of a legitimate, well, it is a legitimate thing, more and more of an accepted thing in all these different places, the avenues of trading from Bitcoin to whatever cash or money that you want are getting much easier and much faster. Listen to this future. This is a future that was proposed to us by previous guests by the name of Eric Voorhees. Shout out to Eric Voorhees. Does he know what shout out means? I'm pretty sure he does. Um <laughs> His his app. shout out to his yacht, yeah, <laughs> the Vor USS Voorhees. I don't think he has a yacht. Oh. Mind. If he does, then then that's cool. Anyways, we're getting off topic. What were you gonna say? Well, India is the number one remittance market, but I just read online that um, they've banned Bitcoin marketplaces. Bitcoin and China okay. actually the number one and number two. Um. I would have thought okay. that these nations would want to assist the transfer of money into uh, their economies. Are you are you sure India's banned it? A marketplace. Uh, they've, they've banned businesses for doing it. Yeah. 
But and that's you, you can't get local currencies in exchange for Bitcoin there, or can you? As 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 a business model. Right as now it's model. banned. Okay. But that's that's gonna turn around. Bitcoin is going to inject new money flows and revenue streams into any nation that accepts it. It's inevitable. That's going to happen. So Russia banned it, and now they're coming back around. They're like, oh, I don't know. This could be good. That was a horrible Russian. I think we lost all of our Russian listeners. (laughs) (laughs) What a community of people every episode going out the window. (laughs) Um, Our guest is going to be on the show in like five minutes from that impression. Yeah, <laughs> that wasn't that was a Russian impression. I it think. sounded like him. It did. Yeah. Oh man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sandeep. Anyways, um, back to the proposed future by Voorhees. His app allows it so that you can accept any currency you want and shape shift the currency into whatever you want. So eh, what he, eh. What's the caveat there? Digital currency. Digital currency, yes. But imagine a future where all currency is digital, which is going to happen. It already happens. Okay? The few people left that think that money represents gold or money represents something, those people are what you call dumb. D-U-M-B. And I'll call them that. I'll call them that to their face. And so, USD coin all these countries are going to start building digital currencies but imagine if you Corey, are using brazilian what are they called yeah it's real real and you fly back home and you want to transfer some of your real to dollars and you open up your phone and you push a few buttons boom you don't have to go to a bank you don't have to do anything it's all digital that's the future that he proposed so that's going to happen. So that, give it in two to three years, when you send money to your family member in India from London town, they can just push a button and transfer it directly to whatever currency India uses. Yeah, but you could transfer money to India and it takes one click in five minutes if I'm sending to India. But getting money out of India takes paperwork and procedures and legal fees. Not with Bitcoin. I don't think it's a free money flow yet. I, I, like, Corey, like if you wanted to send money out of Brazil, wouldn't that be a harder process than me sending you money? Uh, under traditional, traditional options? Yeah, with the exchange rates and everything. Nah, yes. I don't know. I, actually, I have no idea how you would get me money in a traditional, in a traditional sense. Maybe Western Union? And then I'd get it, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't know the procedures that I'd have to do to get it. It would be way more than what you would have. I think to that do. needs to be clear. I think what it all boils down to is just like anything on the planet. When you start something, that's the most difficult part of a thing. Starting something. Well, what no, you- I think what's what we need to think about is that we don't know how these things work because they're complicated in terms of traditional ways of getting people money. Very true. Right? And with Bitcoin. There is no difference between you sending Marcello money across the desk and you sending me money to Brazil. We're too constricted here, guys. We're thinking about traditional means. This shit is new. It's zero difference. So it, it, there, Bitcoin makes no differentiation between those two transactions. 
What? And yes, and there's nobody, and there's nobody that's going to say, "No, you can't do that because he's way over there." So exactly. whatever you're doing in terms of trading money, whether it be you know sending money back from your job or paying for a service or a good so that it can be delivered to you, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, letting your friend borrow some money or paying him back for a cup of coffee he bought you. Bitcoin, the Bitcoin yeah. network, the currency itself, doesn't give a shit what that is. It's going to process a, everything the exact same. Exactly. And that's, that's what I was going to say is when it comes to people, we always have to put it in terms of people. That's the great divisor there. It doesn't matter what the technology yeah. is. We're talking about the users here. And with anything in life, anything, it's starting it that's the most difficult part, right? Yeah, I agree. And when you get people into Bitcoin, starting it is difficult. You got to educate them a little bit on how to get it, how to spend it, how to store it, all of these things. And but once like once I got into Bitcoin, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was uh, on Cripsy trading for Litecoin in a matter of minutes. I would transfer Bitcoin to Litecoin in just minutes instead of going on an E-Trade, transferring dollars in, waiting a few days, uh, you know, all that stuff. But with Bitcoin, once you get in it, it's like, what's that Aladdin song where they're on the carpet? A whole new world. world. Yeah, I'm scared to sing it because of being sued. But yeah. (laughs) And And now, I mean, even just the advancement of technology it took you that long it took you a few minutes to trade in your bitcoin to litecoin on cripsy now it's you know less seconds than seconds with with shapeshifter ten, on your it phone took me you 10 seconds you don't need an account to do it you can just do it on their website yep without anything no account needed just push buttons so and your money is different that's money what, maybe a year of technological advancement mm-hmm. and since that type of stuff is exponential who knows what will be, what, what's going to be happening next year Oh man, such an exciting space, which is why I'm such a zealot, 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 zealot. Yeah. yeah, I used to say zealot when I played StarCraft. Yeah. We played we lost too many all StarCraft our listeners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did you say we lost all of our Star? <laughs> That's yeah, my awesome. goal every week. <laughs> you've, I think you've lost three this episode. So <laughs> we lost all of our StarCraft listeners. They're gone. All right, guys. So, um. So simplicity is the name of the game. We're going to transition into our guest, who is the uh, CEO and co-founder of ZebPay. Zeb. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar, uh, you can send and receive Bitcoins simply using mobile numbers. It works just like instant messaging. No complex addresses, QR codes, none of that. And uh, he's based out of India. So let's uh, let's get into that, and he can kind of share a little insight with us. All right. Here we go. Hello, everybody. With us today, we have Sandeep Koenka. He's the leader, entrepreneur, orator, extraordinaire, also the CEO of ZebPay, coming to us from India, Singapore. Is it Singapore? India, really. Those are these, the, companies, uh, the head companies registered in Singapore, uh, but all the operations happen out of our India office. Awesome. So, we're going to get started. Ask a Typical question uh, to all of our guests is, when did you first hear about Bitcoin and about how long did it take for you to understand that uh, you needed to understand it and you needed to uh, dig into it? 
So um, I was introduced to Bitcoin so really late compared to, I would say, other Bitcoin entrepreneurs. And that was early 2014, so just about a year and a half back. Um, and I'd read about Bitcoins here and there, you know, but not really dived into it at that point of time. I've always been involved in technology. Um, also, unlike the US, Indian television, Indian media hardly cover Bitcoins. And that was the case back then. Uh, unfortunately, it's still the case, uh, uh, you know. Um, so I met my I, I met my co-founder Mahin Gupta uh, at one of a local you know at a local tech uh, networking event and uh, Mahin is actually the founder of India's first Bitcoin company. I mean he does not really realize his contribution to the Indian Bitcoin scene, uh, but I actually jokingly uh, jokingly call him the father of Indian Bitcoin industry. He really hates the title. <laughs> so we met a yeah I mean so we met a couple of times over coffee and you know I, I was actually trying to help him raise funds for his company because I have a lot of contacts and I'm uh, well connected here. But after a few meetings, I realized you know when we used to talk about Bitcoins over coffee that this is not some space within technology or within the internet, you know, like e-commerce or, I don't know, instant messaging or something like that. It's the internet itself. I mean, it's it's a huge platform. Uh, um, and luckily for me, he was looking for a co-founder. And so I just, I mean, we, within a few days, we had decided to partner together, uh, come together and really with the same mission that you guys have to spread Bitcoins to regular people. Uh, so that's a little bit of history on uh, how I heard about Bitcoins. Cool. It's great how things like that come together. Yeah. The father of Bitcoin in India. Very <laughs> nice. I bet you he loves it every time you call him that. He hates it. Yeah, he's, he's not good at the <laughs> So yeah. I, I wanted to talk about just two things. Uh, one is just uh, the, the landscape, uh, the perception for people that don't know of uh, Bitcoin in India. And then we'll talk a little bit about ZebPay. But first, I wanted to just, just uh, kind of gauge interest. What is a citizen of uh, of India's typical response to Bitcoin, is it is it generally positive or or is it negative? How how hard is the adoption process over there? So uh, the typical response is really exactly the same like anywhere else in the world. You know, I mean they are they are skeptic uh, they are skeptical in, uh, when they hear about it first. I mean they are amused on how really can uh, can it work. Uh, the first response typically is. Uh, that it's a currency which is not backed by the government, so how can it work? And then, of course, the comparisons to gold and all uh, start happening, which we try to educate them. And just like anybody else, uh, you know, once they are exposed to the facts and uh, to a logical explanation, and once they're exposed to all the good news that's happening in the Bitcoin world, they quickly convert into believers. Um, the unfortunate thing is the lack of media coverage. So, you know, I mean, like Bloomberg and CNBC and, you know, all the Western media really cover it a lot. Unfortunately, our local, you know, newspapers and uh, business channels hardly cover Bitcoins. And so they are not exposed to a lot of good news. That's the only problem. The people who are like due to efforts like us and other Bitcoin companies, which are, of course, a handful of them, uh, people who are exposed, uh, they, are, they are easily able, you know, we are able to convert them. Hmm. So, in a sense, your company is almost a media outlet. Um, it kind of has to be to get the word out about Bitcoin. That's the job that we do. That's I mean, my personally, my job is just that. I mean, uh, exactly. You know, we are just educating people, and that's actually what the other companies are doing. Just going from going to universities, having uh, you know, doing press outreach programs, and just talking about Bitcoins to everyone and anyone. Uh, and we are just hoping that the media gets on board at some point of time because, I mean, really they have the reach and we don't. Nice. 
So, I mean, if we're looking at Bitcoin as a as a value transfer system, is that catching a hold in India, or is it strictly just the the aid of media that's going to charge that through? Uh, so, as a value transfer system, I think it's too early for India. I mean, uh, for that to happen, people need to be aware and to have Bitcoins both, you know. Um, so I think uh, we are in the first phase of adoption in India, which is, uh, uh, I think we are lagging behind uh, other countries, even other Asian countries like China and Philippines and Indonesia uh, and Kenya. Um, so I think right now we are trying to convince people just purely from a store of value perspective that, you know, that this could be a good long term investment, uh, hedge against inflation or government risks, of course, uh, events like uh, you know, the, the Greek crisis helps us in explaining people that. So I think India is in the first phase right now, just people trying to buy Bitcoins, um, uh, you know, and have them. And once you kind of have them, then you, uh, and of course, the merchant adoption in India is absolutely just zero, really. I think the number of merchants who accept Bitcoins in India can be counted in single digits, you know. Um, so that needs to happen uh, and people need to have Bitcoins and then we move on to the second phase that is, using bitcoins as a you know as a network as a value transfer system so first they gotta have it then they can transfer it i get it okay um so zepay uh, is really user friendly i i stopped by uh, the site last night and checked it out um and it looks like you guys are poisoned to be like the netscape of bitcoin the aol like that um easy easy go-to interface um, for daily use. What inspired you to be that? Just the fact that you guys are pushing mass adoption? Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, my co-founder especially, I mean, he's been involved with Bitcoin since 2012, uh, you know, and dude, until we started Zepay, you know, he realized that for anybody to be able to use Bitcoins, I mean, with, his, with, with all his interactions with his friends and family, he realized that none of them are capable to use any of, you know, the on blockchain, the typical Bitcoin wallets, uh, you know. Uh, and so we really started Zepay with a mission, uh, you know, to get Bitcoins to everyone for everyday use. I mean, and I know we consciously take away a big advantage of Bitcoins. That is that we keep the private keys and we know that that's one of uh, really big advantages of Bitcoins, which our users do not have. But we believe that we are a stepping stone, you know, so by using Zepay, you know, you are still able to have the other advantages of Bitcoins, which is hedge against a uh, good store of value, hedge against inflation and so on and so forth. And maybe once you become, uh, you know, uh, once you educate yourself and you start experiencing it, you can move to other uh, typical wallets. But yes, you're absolutely right. We're trying to be uh, the go-to interface for daily use, you know, store a few uh, small amount of Bitcoins, uh, very easy for non-geeky, non-tech savvy people. That's the mission. Good. Good deal. You mentioned um, you guys keep the private keys. And I was just wondering, what are some of your security practices for holding on to those keys and reassuring your consumers um, that their Bitcoin is is safe and theirs? So. Right. So absolutely. I mean, this is a decision that we've consciously taken. We're not happy about it. But if we have to provide the simple user interface and we don't want our users to worry about backups and so on and so forth, this is right now the only option. We're all the time investigating into solutions where if without changing the user experience, can we, you know, give users control of the private keys? And when that happens, we'll definitely shift to that technology. But but till that time, the only way is that we make sure that, uh, you know, we have 
you know industry standard best practices of course just like everybody else who does this uh, you know we have a majority of the bitcoins of our users are in, is in they are in a cold wallet uh, we keep very few bitcoins in a hot wallet for the hot wallet we use a really you know well established player um and and you know as our user base is growing and as the number of uh, deposits you know bitcoin deposits uh, with a wallet is increasing we are now in you know we'll start implementing multi sig for a cold wallet um, and we are always up to date with you know what are the other best practices that, that are evolving and we'll keep uh, you know improving our systems uh, with time so this is an ongoing process sweet good deal do you ever see it happening where you allow the users access to their private keys so for us the important thing is not whether the user has access to private keys or not for us the important thing is that the user experience remains the way it is which yeah. means that the uh, which means that they do not have to worry about backups or uh, you know worry about all these things that they do not need to know the word private key those are the kind of users we are targeting if we are able to find some way uh, you know whether user experience does not change like the way i just mentioned and we still can keep the private keys with the user or have some way where it's a multi sig where he has one part we have one part and somebody else has another part or some combination of this which is you know i, I mean being discussed internally of course then we'll definitely switch that uh, you know system absolutely i it's good it's good that you're fo- it's kind of hard to uh, balance um a user having full access with their private key and 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 user interface um i know that's just tough but i'm sure exactly. as more people become educated they'll um understand how to practice that a little bit better so switching it up a little bit i saw on the zebpay blog a really cool infographic about how bitcoin is moving from a commodity to an everyday currency and then I saw something about vouchers on your wallet. So yes. as Bitcoin moves from this uh, commodity to an everyday currency, how are you going to reward your consumers with these vouchers? Can you speak on that? Right. So, you know, right now there are merchants worldwide. I mean, not in India, but worldwide accepting Bitcoins. And we've, I think we've, we've kind of seen news that they're not really... Uh, they're not seeing the growth in transactions in bitcoins like the way they had maybe initially expected they see an initial burst and then it kind of slows down a little bit and we you know we strongly believe that um that uh, merchants for example save money when they accept bitcoins you know they maybe save credit card processing fees or for example in india uh, it's a it's a huge cash based uh, economy you know so your merchants so a lot of even e-commerce transactions actually happen with cash i mean on delivery uh they collect cash and uh, in fact cash management costs are even higher than credit card fees they it's from from some estimates it's as high as 7% so when merchants accept bitcoins we we want to make sure that you know at least the merchants for whom we process bitcoins they pass on some of the benefit back to the user so there is an incentive a direct incentive for the user to use bitcoins vis-a-vis cash or credit card or something like that you know so even on zepay all the vouchers that we you know gift cards uh, like the way you call it in the us we sell are at a discount you know so right now they are most of the vouchers and the gift cards are at a discount at 10% um so so that our users have an incentive to use bitcoins um and and as we sign up actual merchants on the platform which is a part of our uh, you know future release uh, we will really strongly work with them to 
uh, offer discounts to Zepi users. So that's the kind of reward that Zepi users can expect in future. Nice. Wow. So pretty informative uh, 15 minutes with you. I think we, we got an idea of the current trend of technology adoption in India. And I think it, it goes without saying Zepay is, is the world's simplest Bitcoin app. Um, I, I think the last thing that we kind of want to hit you with is uh, is uh, giving the people what they want. So uh, do you have a, a price prediction of, of how Bitcoin is going to go in the future, near future? Yeah, this is, <laughs> you people, that's the first question they ask once they're convinced about Bitcoins. Always, my, 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 I have a standard reply. Always a good time to buy for the long term, which means if you want to hold on to your Bitcoins for a, you know, for more than a couple of years, it'll always be a good time to buy. In the short term, it's always a gamble, whether it's Bitcoins or it's the Nasdaq or it's <clears throat> any other commodity that you want to buy, you know. So yeah, I, it's, yeah. That's the best always answer I think I've heard. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's the very best answer we've had. I don't think that's yes. going to get topped. I think if you believe in it and you hold it, it's, it's all going to work out. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much. Just one last question we have to ask you is, in 10 words or less, could you describe Bitcoin? So I have two definitions for regular non-tech savvy people who are new to Bitcoins. I, I make it really simple for them and I call it the email for money. Uh, and for me personally, uh, the definition for Bitcoins is a little bit more grander. It's the Internet of Trust. Nice. Even with both definitions, only seven words. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> you win at this game. You won. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for stopping by the Bitcoin podcast. Um, we're definitely going to leave show notes on how to get to Zebpay Zeb and how to use it. Um, well, if that's all you got for us, uh, have a good day. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot for having me over. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. And best wishes for the podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. And we're back from Sandeep Goenka, who is a entrepreneur doing big things, making it really simple to on-ramp new people to the wonderful world of digital currency. I do want to get controversial. Let's do it. All right. I, I talked to you. If you would use ZedPay, and ZedPay is awesome, Gonka is awesome, but you told me that unlike, was it Coinbase? They hold on to your private keys. They do. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's get real. And honestly, that said, you got turned off by that. But what are the pros? Like, why should we still recommend this to people? The reason I'd say recommend it to people is because it's simple. You can trust them with small bits of money, spending cash that you want to see in here and there. Um, when it comes to private keys, that's another thing when it comes to understanding Bitcoin is there's this thing called a private key. And if you can imagine it, it's like having the one key to the locker that has all your Bitcoin in it. And different wallets and different addresses have different private keys. And that's what you want to hold on to. When it comes to Bitcoin, or at least you want to be comfortable enough with the security protocols of whatever it is, whatever company is maintaining your hot wallet, that you're okay with it. Like BitGo and some of the other places use multi-sig. Coinbase uses multi-sig, which is why I trust Coinbase so much. Um, 
But when you don't have your private keys, you don't have your money. That's what it boils down to. Now, I know we talked about it in the interview. And it's kind of right now with how young Bitcoin is. It's a trade-off. Super duper security or ease of use is a trade-off. But as it's getting more robust and as more people are working on it, that's not going to be a trade-off anymore. With some places, it's not. And so that's why I said, off the cuff, I think ZPay is amazing for India. I think it's amazing to onboard people onto Bitcoin just to understand how quick and how easy it is. It's programmable money, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But when it comes to large amounts of Bitcoin, large amounts of value, I'd say make sure you know what's going on with the private keys. And by the way, he had excellent practices. Zepay has excellent practices for holding on to your private keys. And he did say eventually one day they may let you hold them. But yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Corey? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good tool to use for, to get the people into the market. And, okay, if they don't like the practices of not being able to honor the keys, they can move their money. It's not, it's not hard to get it out and put your, put your Bitcoin in a place where you feel comfortable holding your money. What ten minutes of a transfer, instantaneous? It's almost instantaneous in terms of recognizing it, and it's secure in ten minutes. Yep. And then it's exactly where you want it. So, say you say you put a bunch of money into it, and you're like, oh, I'm not comfortable having this much money in here because I want to hold on to my own private. I want I want my own key to my lock. I don't want someone else to have my key to my lock, and then I tell them to move the money. So, yeah. okay, well, I leave the acceptable amount of money in that storage locker, and then put it in a vault of my own where I hold the keys. Yeah. You want to minimize your points of failure. You don't want to have yeah. a key to your lock that you give to somebody that puts it in another lock that you have a key to that. Like, you know what I mean? There's too many and points of failure. As, as, as I've said this before. It's, it's you put like, even with the way we do things now, we have multiple ways of holding money. We got money in our wallet. We got money in the safe. We got money in the bank. We got money in, in you know, savings bonds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, how long you want that? What you what, what you want that money to do is dependent on where you put it, and it's the exact same thing in Bitcoin. It's just more secure in all of the aspects. Yeah, the reeducation of society is what needs to take place here. We need to start a revolution. Didn't I say that a couple weeks ago? It's it's relevant every week. Yep. Well, the, the revolution is happening. It's you know we're we're doing our best to be a part of it. Hell yeah. And not only is the revolution televised, it's podcasted. Yeah. Bam. Through the Boom. podcast self-promotion. I just wanted to reiterate that because I didn't want people in the U.S. to explore ZPay and they get turned off by our concerns. Um, so I'm glad you addressed it. And uh, I encourage people to check it out. Definitely. Definitely go to ZPay. They're doing great things, especially if you remit. Especially if you're doing rebindances back home, like it's an excellent way to do rebindances, and it's really comfortable with places that do um, already use digital forms of currency like Impesa and things like that, because they're used to spending uh, money with SMS. I see things come across the Bitcoin community all the time, like you can fill up airtime with Bitcoin now, and I'm like the hell who cares who's still buying minutes 
Like, what year is this? And then I realized, oh, in some countries, like, they pay for things with cell phone minutes. Okay, I get it. So, I do. You pay for things with cell phone minutes? No, but, I mean, I buy cell phone minutes. It's, it's the easiest way to have a cell phone here. It's crazy, man. It's 2015, dude. Give the program. It's Call way too expensive. Get AT&T down there right now. The only yeah. research scientist <laughs> using cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know, I know one thing. If I were an intellectual being, which I think I am, but if more importantly, if I were a foreign intellectual being and I had family back home, I'm sending them money with a Bitcoin network before I touch a bank or a Western Union. How about this? Point blank. Period. I am an intellectual being. And I am a foreign person trying to send money to other people. And I will only use Bitcoin to do it because it's, it's, there's, no, there's no real option other than Bitcoin. If you want to actually send the money, all of the money that you want to send to someone very quickly. We're talking about freedom here, people. And what is America? Freedom. The whole world <laughs> needs a taste of American freedom. No, I'm playing. We're not getting that Xeno-centric up in here today. Um, well, were there any more to talk about? Yes. I did want to talk about how if Bitcoin cannibalizes the remittance market, what that does for the value of Bitcoin. So currently, the remittance market is projected to be $1 trillion by the year 2020. It's five years from now, four and a half years from now. That's a lot of zeros. I do believe we tackled this a few weeks ago. Okay, think about this. Think about zeros. Think about this. This is I'm going to try and put one trillion into perspective. Do it. Um, You have one thousand one dollar bills. You can picture that. Yes, I can. That's in front of you. That's like it's like taking up more than your bed. It's a lot of money. And one dollar bills. Yes. Right. Every single one of those $1 bills is worth a billion dollars. Mm. Okay. Now, I see I mean, that. And it's, it's really hard to figure out what a billion dollars does, right? Yeah. So, let's do this. Um, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So it's really hard to understand even the amount of money of one of those $1 bills is a billion dollars. That's yes. how much a trillion dollars is. Mm-hmm. That's that's a ridiculous amount of money. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of money. It's hard for humans in general to think in large numbers. It just is. Well, look, Bitcoin has already appreciated by two thousand percent since its infancy. Yeah, it's in its infancy. So, like, it's it's conception. Yeah. So, like, well, ever since retailers started taking it first piece how many retailers take bitcoin now <laughs> what 20 30 40, yeah a whole bunch it's in the tens of thousands and the With, major retailers i think eight to ten so and how many transactions a day if there's forty thousand businesses there has to be a hundred and hundred fifty yeah hundred fifty thousand transactions i say that really confidently yeah. but i think that was the outlier it's like over a hundred thousand it's yeah. So when you talk about Bitcoin, it's nothing but big numbers. So if you don't believe the trillion dollar number, I mean, look at the numbers that are already happening this year. Yeah. 
when you when you tell people outlandish things like the plausibility of a ten thousand dollar bitcoin is a thing it's very plausible 50 50 probable but plausible you know what i mean and as bitcoin starts taking these industries down and disrupting things it's it's going to be quite alarming to see if it's not held back if it is embraced just what's going to happen to the value of it you know it's going to go up there's no doubt about it i mean it, it, taking over that much amount of transactional volume where people are using it and it's relevant to their everyday yeah. life and did you see the headline about uh, in singapore a Singapore no. stock exchange had such an overwhelming demand for Bitcoin that they had to integrate it. They were like, the demand was ridiculous. We just had to integrate it. So this is happening all over the world, people. I hope you're listening. We had India, Afghanistan, Eastern Africa, Canada, Mexico, Japan now. Japan now is very lenient on Bitcoin, by the way, so... It's, wanna, it's acceptable down here. There just aren't many markets to use it. Yeah. So in Japan, if you're thinking about having a Street Fighter 2 tournament and having the payout be in Bitcoin, I guarantee you can make that happen. <laughs> here we go. Every week. And you know how many Street Fighter 2 games there were, so this can go on forever. Indefinitely. So. All right. So yeah, right, I mean, the, yeah. I mean, you go it's, it's, you know, at the very least, the the blockchain technology and Bitcoin or whatever, whatever, is going to take over the remittance market because yes, Western Union is ancient and awful, and it's going to go the way of blockbuster. It's just not going to. It's not going to be around anymore. But yeah, it, you know, and that's at the very least. And then all of the other useful aspects of Bitcoin are going to take over as well. So there's, there's no reason why it shouldn't take over that market and then permeate into transactional culture in general. Yeah. I just, real quick personal story. I remember back when I was living with Ucor, I tried to have, like my parents, Western Union, me some money at one yeah. point. And I walked into the place and I was like, I would like to have some money Western Union to me, please. <laughs> and they gave me this like, paper to fill out and it was like two pages in the tiniest writing and i had to put all kinds of information on there i'm surprised they didn't want like a blood sample and i was like is this really necessary i'll tell you long story short i walked out of there and said can you guys just write me a check and send it in the mail i think that's easier at this point so because it is easier but you can't do that when you're going overseas yep and that was in the u.s of a yeah, that's 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 state to state where there are no real limitations in terms of sending money. None. Yep. Well, Bitcoin, once again, for the ninth week in a row, is amazing. And if you don't know, now you know. Control your money to control your life, son. Bam. Pow, pow. All right. Well, play the outro. Yep. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Next week, we jumped the gun. We jumped the gun. Oh, my bad. Don't I gotta let people know. Our 10th episode is the drunk episode. That oh, is nice. correct. Yes. If you're unfamiliar, is the total bro episode where we get a little bit tipsy, a little yep. faded, and we just have a real 
discussion. We're going to get real. Yeah, we're going to get real. I'm going to get I'm going to get annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get belligerent. <laughs> I'm going to slowly but surely uh sound like Afro Samurai or like <laughs> Who's the I'm guy who goes Stewie? That guy? Yeah. Black Dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. I tell you something about Bitcoin now. Let me tell you something. Anyways. So so we're going to have week, uh, no guests, and we're going to have an R&B singer in to, to sing the theme. It's going to be ridiculousness. It is going to be fun. So uh, join us next week for that. Lastly, uh, quick plug. We would like to uh, plug Frosted Flakes. Um, no, I'm kidding. Okay, <laughs> We're going to plug ourselves. Twitter, at the BTC Podcast. Hit us up, please. We'd like to hear from... You guys, um, we want to know how we're affecting the community out there. Also, you can listen to us on SoundCloud. Just search the Bitcoin Podcast. You'll find us. Also, iTunes. Search the Bitcoin Podcast. You'll find us. Leave us five stars. You leave us five stars, we'll keep giving you this five-star content. Yeah, and guess what? Like, some listener feedback. They've said that, uh, you know, we love your podcast, but we don't know what Bitcoins are. So if you're too lazy to do the research, I took care of that for you. Boom! There's a Bitcoin one-on-one resource tab on the website, everything you need to know. And uh, if you can't wait for us to come to you once a week, there is a live news feed on the website now. Just click the news tab. Also, sooner, soon in the implementation, we're going to have a frequently asked questions section where I try and tackle a lot of the questions I get from people who don't know things so that we can have a running page of frequently asked questions. We're, we're doing it for you guys. Mass adoption is the only thing that matters. All right. Play the outro? Play the outro. I love that music. <laughs>